0: Coming up on Studios America, supply chain issues are disrupting a lot of things right now, including my ability to buy the car that I want. So obviously we should be talking about that. Joe Biden is setting uh, in order uh, a a, a path to 500 million more COVID tests, which is not a lot of them. When you think about it, it's like slapping a Band-Aid over the giant bleeding hole where your arm used to be. But that takes us to our main point tonight. This is what it's like to live under Joe Biden this is what anyone wanted? Of course not. But is there something that we can do about it? Oh yes, I think there is. Let's do Biden's America.
1: Stu does America.
0: Welcome to Biden's America. Things are going swimmingly so far. I know you can feel it. You can feel the momentum picking up in your life, right? Are you with me on this? Right? This is going really well so far, I think. Uh, It's been kind of of a disaster so far now, hasn't it? really hasn't gone, as uh, many people on the left told us it would. We were told that we had a really crazy guy in there last time, and this new guy, he was going to come in, he was going to take the reins, he was the adult in the room after all, and he was going to solve these problems and make everything go away when you're you're talking about problems. Remember, he was going to end the virus not going to shut down the country. who's going to shut down the virus. Has that happened? Have you noticed anyone? I don't know in your circle of friends that may have come down with COVID recently. I have every single person who works here. <laughs> I think I'm the only person left. It's just me. I come in here by myself every day and there's no one here. It's like an abandoned warehouse. No one comes to work anymore because everybody's got the vid. Thanks Joe. Oh, and thanks G as well. Uh, People are starting to notice this. They're starting to notice that, you know what, um, this Biden's America thing sucks. And they've been looking at it with not only political eyes and and the fact that his policies are bad, but just results wise. You know, there's a difference between different, you know, presidents are different. Right. Um, You know, you go back to Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. Yes, he was liberal, but there was also a real competence issue with Jimmy Carter. You look at Barack Obama. Well, Barack Obama was really really liberal and he had, you know, crazy policies that I didn't like, but he didn't seem like you know, he was completely incompetent every day. Joe Biden does feel that way. He feels like he's really liberal and he's really incompetent. And I think things are starting to show, Uh, the cracks uh, are not only showing, but they're bursting, the water's bursting through them. The dam is breaking and it's getting ugly. New poll from Quinnipiac is out uh, and it shows Joe Biden coming in at 33% approval rating, 33 freaking percent. We're going to go through some of the details and crosstabs on this here in a second because I think they're interesting. But how bad are things at the White House right now? Let me give you this tweet from Francis Brennan. He says, how bad are things at the Biden White House right now? Ron Klain, chief of staff, is retweeting polls that show the majority of Americans disapprove of the job Biden is doing. And If you zoom in there, you can see it. Yeah, he's uh, he's given you the IBD poll where only 44 percent approve, but 45 percent disapprove. Usually when you are the chief of staff for a president, you're kind of one of these guys that says, I don't know, I wanna give good news to the people. I want them to believe this is going well. Their version of going well is 44% approval. And I do wanna make sure that you understand this because it is important. You'll hear a lot of headlines about the 33% approval rating from Quinnipiac. And that is, uh, it's a real poll, a very legitimate uh, polling institution. Um, on the other hand, it's not the only poll that's out there. And there are varying results. Rasmussen actually has them a little higher at 39%. Uh, Morning Consult at 43, YouGov 43, Decision Desk at 47, and of course, Quinnipiac at 43. So, you know, there are some variety there. If you want to be fair to Biden, you could say he's in the high 30s, low 40s, probably somewhere in the middle of those polls. But that's not good, particularly for the end of year one. We're not even to January 20th of 2022 yet. The guy hasn't even been in office for a year and things are going this poorly. And they're not just going poorly. Uh, you know, maybe Republicans are never going to like Joe Biden. I know he's lunchbox Joe. He said everyone was going to love him across the aisle. But maybe just maybe Republicans are never going to like him. Hasn't just been Republicans. Um, Let me give you some of the details from this poll. Um, Only 75 percent of Democrats approve of the Biden uh, uh, job performance right now. It's hard to quantify how bad that is, but it's not good. It's one of the uh, lower approval ratings you'll ever see for a president and uh, under their own party. It maybe get down to 70. But like Richard Nixon had like a 65 percent approval rating when he resigned among Republicans, like Republicans, Democrats don't typically bail on the guy from their own party once they get them elected. Some do, but most don't. But if you look at independents, Joe Biden is going along with a 25 percent approval rating among independents and only a 2 percent approval rating among Republicans. Um, let me give you some additional crosstabs here because this is pretty interesting. Um, only 33 percent, of course, overall. That's 17 percent approve strongly, and only 16 percent approve somewhat. So think about that for a second. Think about that. It's only 17 percent think he's doing a really good job, which to me seems incredibly high. I've never met anyone who thinks Joe Biden is doing a good job in my entire life. Now, I could see some people who say he's better than Trump. I've definitely met those people. I've met plenty of people who say, you know, it's not going great, but I'd rather have him than whoever Republicans are going to run. I've met those people. I've never met anyone who's like, you know, who's great at this job? Joe Biden. Have you I mean, honestly, think about your life for a second. Do you know anyone who thinks that they might think like we should spend money on Build Back Better? We, uh, you know, that Texas abortion law is really bad. There's definitely liberals out there. I'm not saying there aren't passionate liberals, but I'm talking about passionate liberals who think Joe Biden is a good president. Not just I want a Democratic president, so I'll take him. But I mean, this guy is particularly good at this job. Do you know anyone? Have you ever met anyone who believes that? Anyone. Ever. Including members of the Biden family. Do any of them believe it? I don't think so. When it, goes, when it breaks it down with uh, independence, we mentioned about 25% approval among independents. Men, only 14% approve strongly, only 12% approve somewhat, which is remarkable, remarkable. Uh, then you have uh, women, 39% total approval, 20%... Um, among uh, strongly approved and only 19% against somewhat approved. Now, we've talked about the gender gap over the years where women tend to like Democrats more and there's been a gap there. Uh, only 39% of women approve of Joe Biden? And that's really, really, really bad. Let me give you the age breakdowns because this, I think, would be shocking to a lot of people. 43, or, 43% of uh, seniors, 65 plus, uh, approve of Joe Biden. Only 39% of 50- uh, of to 64-year-olds approve of him. And um, only, let's see, breaking it down here, in 29% of 35- to 49-year-olds and f- 24% of young people. So he got his worst among young people, which you've been told that, of course, it's the Republicans that are old fuddy-duddies, right? The, old, the Republicans are people who... Don't want uh, don't want. I I don't know all the stuff that these young Gen Zers want these days. They don't like them video games, but it's actually the old people who like Biden and the young people are like, this is nuts. What are we doing here? Um, A couple other breakdowns, 31 percent approval rating for Joe Biden among white voters. 56% among black voters. Now, that's kind of interesting just in the perspective of it's usually in the 90s. I mean, you get about 90% approval rating for a Democrat president among black voters. But this Hispanic uh, number is jaw-dropping. Right now, Joe Biden's approval rating among Hispanics is 28%. 28%. 14% approve strongly. 14% approve a little bit. That, that, That is a worse number than it is among whites. Twenty eight percent approval rating for a group that the Democrats have been depending on for decades to create their majorities. If that number doesn't turn around, there's no way they're winning in 2024. No way. I don't care. We, we could run up. We could run a potato and, and Republicans would win that election. This is not looking good for Democrats. It's not looking good at all. And we brought this chart up yesterday. I want to hit it one more time because the inflation, we know inflation is going up. And yes, the overall number is 7%. There's, you know, a lot of, there's, there's important reasons they calculate these numbers this way, but 7% is not a real uh, representation of what you're paying, what, what you're really feeling right now. Um, in fact, un, uh, gasoline is up 50.8%. Used cars and trucks, we're going to get into that here in a little bit, up 37%. Hotels, 23%. Bacon, again, I'm fascinated that bacon gets its own category. <laughs> Bacon and related products, bacon and bakos are up uh, 18.6%, 14% for furniture, f- uh, fresh fish and seafood, 10.2, major appliances, eight, uh, roasted coffee, seven, dining out, six, women's apparel, six, rent, 4.2, fresh vegetables, 2.4. This is all in, in, a, um, for, in a, first of all, it shows you that people don't like vegetables. I mean that, We finally are approving that. On this program, we've been working hard for a long time to make sure that people understood that. Now we have a statistical validation of that fact. Um, but you know, this is in an environment where people will say, "Well, the job market's been tight. Um, you know, as far as finding employees, if you're an employer, you're, you can't find anybody. So they're jacking up the wages. And so yes, inflation's up, but people are getting more money. Well, first of all, a lot of people aren't working. A lot of people don't want to work uh, because the government's been shoveling money into their face. And then on the other hand. You have a situation where it's uh, uh, only a 4% uh, rise in salaries. So if your salary goes up by 4%, but your, your car is up 37%, your gas is up 50%, what does that mean to you? Are you do you think this feels good? It's not a good thing to you. And I, I, I fall back on this because I, I, I keep having this feeling. And I, I've discussed it a couple times before, but it's hitting me more and more as the days go on really started with me during the, the Afghanistan situation. And for the first time, I think, uh, that I can remember, yes, I was disappointed. Yes, I, I, I was horrified by what happened in Afghanistan. But I was also embarrassed by it. You know, we spent all of this money, all of this human life, all of the years that our, our soldiers spent over there, all of the lives that we put in danger uh, when we left the way that we did, to leave all of our equipment there, to watch, uh, you know, uh, ISIS members and uh, Taliban members walking through the streets with our weapons, driving our vehicles down the street. I mean, this is just embarrassing. It was embarrassing to see it happen. We're a superpower, right? And now we're living in an era, in the same year with the same president, where we're seeing empty store shelves. Now, I think when you look at uh, look at that, you can find some stores are really cleaned out. But generally speaking, like I go to the grocery store, I can get what I need, at least right now. But I have less variety. I have less choice. Is this America? It doesn't feel like America. This is an embarrassing version of America to me. I do. Yes, I do expect to go in and see 47 ty- types of Oreos. And I know that column that said we need to learn to live like Europeans now. Well, you know what? No. I don't want to live like a European. If I wanted to live like a European, I'd move to Europe. I don't want to live like a European. I want to live here. I want to live like an American. I want to have a country that I recognize. One that, where, where there's bounty all over the place. Where we're not leaving our allies just stranded. Where we're not, uh, we don't have an economy that's doing, going out of control. Where we're spending like crazy. Where the prices of everything is going up. Where the border isn't secure at all? Like, I understand we have problems on the border. No one's seen anything like this. Uh, I mean, we got a 28% approval rating for our Democratic president among Hispanic voters. That should tell you something. Now, countries that are doing well don't act like this. This this is not a country that looks like it's in good shape. Are we still a, a superpower? I always thought that we were. And, you know, we'd, we'd see occasionally someone would bring up like, oh, well, we're not even a superpower anymore. And I, I don't know, never really connected to me until really this year. It seems like we, this stuff is starting to slip away. Um, the media isn't going to hold anybody accountable. And we know that we can complain about them all day. I am. A, a, you'd think you'd be a bit surprised because the people that are hurt most by this are not, you're not you know, uh, Glenn Beck. It's not Glenn Beck it's not even stuber gear it's people who are closer to you know the, the break even point on a week, on a week to week basis you know it's it's the people that the democrats say they care about it's people in cities it's m- many minority voters it's uh, it's it's uh, poor white people in the suburbs and then and in the exurbs and in the in the in the rural areas it's a bunch of people who are trying to get their life to work every day and joe biden and his policies are constantly in their way around every turn. And I'll be honest with you, it's gonna start there, but it's gonna hit all of us. Every single person in America is being victimized by what a terrible job he is doing. It might be, you might not feel it in your everyday life right now, but it's, it's hitting you, and it's hitting you more and more each and every day. It all adds up to a really cynical political calculation here. We're not the only ones who see 28% approval ratings among Hispanics for Joe Biden. You know who else sees him? Joe Biden. And Joe Biden looks at this and says, this is not going well. What do we do? We have an election coming up in a few months, in 2022, the end of this year, where the Democratic Party is going to get just overrun by the Republicans if they don't change something. Right now, even their base isn't happy with them. And so they've attempted this cynical calculation where they will trot out this terrible voting rights bill and try to get their base excited about it and get them mad at Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin, both of which, by the way, have now come out and said they will not overturn uh, the filibuster to get this thing passed. In fact, I think honestly when they get a vote on it, they won't even get 48. I wouldn't be surprised at 45 or 46, maybe 47. I, think they're gonna, I, I don't think they're even gonna get 48 votes. I don't think it's just Manchin and Cinema on this one. I think uh, there's a, a few Democratic senators who are gonna say, you know what, no. I want this bill, but I'm not going to change the rules. What's going to happen to us next time? And so Biden trots this out, knowing it's going to fail. The activist side is seeing right through it. They're not even showing up at the rallies. This is turning into a catastrophe. And this is Biden's America. It's one giant catastrophe after another. And here's the thing, the good thing. There is some hope here. Joe Biden's America is not Joe Biden's America. It's your America. It's yours. You control it. Yes, I understand he's got a lot of power and the left has a lot of power right now. And yes, there are things you can do with the polls and there are things you can do in your everyday life as well to make this better and to push back and to create your own little bubble that's protective against somebody like Biden and his policies. But the bottom line is they don't control it. This is the United States of America. Washington doesn't lead us. We lead them. And slowly but surely, As these polls are really starting to show now, America is waking up and they're seeing the truth. So, does CBD work? Over 90% of doctors say their patients have used CBD to treat a health condition. And when 9 out of 10 patients use it, I mean, it speaks volumes about what they feel and how they feel it's working. So, let me tell you about CBDistillery.com. With over two million customers and counting, CB Distillery is the source you can trust for CBD products. If you have sleeping problems, uh, they did a survey, 90% of CB Distillery customers said they sleep better with CBD, nagging discomfort. The same survey said that 80% of their customers found that CBD helped them. It works for a lot of people. You gotta check it out and see if it works for you. If you're looking for a little peace of mind, a little calm in your life these days, you check out CBD, and there's no better place to get that than cbdistillery.com. If you go to cbdistillery.com right now, uh, you can order online with no prescription required. If you enter SDA for Studios America, S-D-A uh, in the uh, code box there, you'll get to 20% off. Again, enter S-D-A at checkout for 20% off at cbdistillery.com. It's cbdistillery.com. The code is S-D-A. It's not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. I'm very happy to welcome Paul Bryan to the program. He's an Emmy award-winning automotive expert and co-host of His Turn, Her Turn web series, which you can find at histurnherturn.com. Uh, a legend in the automotive uh, journalism world, uh, was in Chicago and Dallas. One of the uh, jurors for Car, Truck, and SUV of the Year. I mean, this is a guy who knows the car industry better than anybody. And I welcome Paul to the program. Hey, Paul.
1: Hi, how are you? And thanks so much for the invitation. Great to be with you.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad you could make it um, because I need somebody who understands what is going on in the in the car market right now. I, I will say, like, I've never seen anything like this. Cars are flying uh, off uh, off these lots at, you know, 30, 40, 50 thousand dollars above uh, their sticker price. Um, what is going on right now, Paul?
1: Well, a little Econ 101 is actually going on, to tell you the truth. You've got a situation where you've got a limited supply due to a number of different problems that are out there. The ones that are the obvious are are COVID and the supply chain uh, interferences that come along with it. And then you've got another thing with people being unsure. The supply goes down. The price goes up. Uh, The demand is is still there. So it affects all of the different aspects of the industry. And for as much as I love cars, you love cars, people love cars, it's still one eighth of our nation's GDP, So it's an incredibly important sector. So... Wow. Eighth of our GDP.
0: That's that's an incredible number. I I had no idea. And you see that because we were just talking about uh, inflation overall and how how much this is hitting people. Let me give you that. This is the top two categories for inflation. Number one, gasoline, 50.8 percent. And number two, used cars and trucks at 37.3 percent. I mean, this is uh, I mean, this is hitting people really hard and it's it's making honestly the car market completely insane
1: well it's it's making the dealer body insane too and also the the uh, the manufacturers as well Stu, because as you have less product out there people are still through attrition and they're even though they're keeping their cars longer than they ever have before uh, they still need to trade they still need to get something else so if the supply goes down for new cars they're going to be looking at newer cars cars and newer cars mean used and if supply is even down on those because there are fewer trade-ins on new then the value on those are going up where you're seeing a lot of instances not only where what you were just talking about where new car MSRP or what's on the Monroney sticker of the car when when you look at it uh, is getting beefed up by dealers uh, but you also have a situation where people are coming in, getting their cars off of lease, where the the now cash value of the vehicle that they're turning in on lease is far in excess of what they thought it was going to be three, four, five years ago when yeah. they started, uh, started the lease. So we want to counsel people to make sure that when they go to their dealer, if you're coming off of lease, establish what that cash value is because you may want to buy it and, and have the dealer purchase it from you uh, be, because he'll come out much better in that regard. Yeah. So uh, used car values are crazy right now. New car values are crazy. I, I saw a Jeep Renegade out on the West Coast with a $50,000 added markup to it. It was about a $100,000 vehicle. Uh, and and who would have thought that somebody would would come in and frankly gladly pay, one
0: hundred
1: and fifty thousand dollars for a Jeep Renegade.
0: <laughs> that is not one I would have called at the beginning of the year. I'll tell you that. No, uh, no. Paul, so one of the things, Paul, we keep hearing over and over again is the idea that this is going crazy. And yes, you know, you've got COVID and everything else, but it's, it's the chips. We don't have enough chips. We can't keep up with the d- demand because there's so many chips going into these cars. Is it that simple or is there more to it?
1: Uh, well, you've got to remember, it, it falls into a bigger, uh, a bigger puzzle of supply chain. Remember that if if you're a grocer, for instance, and you need lettuce, and you want to put lettuce on sale on Wednesday, you tell your wholesaler, "Look, I need lettuce, and I need it to get to my stores by Tuesday sometime." Let's take a look at uh, just as an example, the Ford F Series trucks, best-selling vehicles in America since I was a teenager. Uh, they don't need. Chips and parts for their cars. Sometime Tuesday,
0: hmm.
1: they know that they need these chips and these parts at nine thirty on Tuesday. Hmm. All right. And and remember that there's an F one fifty or an F series truck that comes off the line every forty four seconds. So it, you know the the dovetailing that has to go on in a situation like that is crazy. So if you if you start interrupting the supply chain and there's no ability to get the chips that are there, the problem is, is that you can't build 99% of a car. Uh, you have to put all of the different components in there. Some manufacturers have tried to post delivery, add some of the systems into their cars. There are Lots at giant stadiums around the country where they park, just waiting for the parts to get back in and and get them delivered out the door to the dealers. The the interesting part for me, I think, is that when I talk to people in the in the dealer body, uh, and and whether that's in California or here in Illinois, in Chicago or Michigan, anywhere, um, many of them are telling me. I've never sold so few cars, but I've never made so much money. Mm. Uh, and, and it's because when you sell a new car at this point, for just about anybody, I mean, if, if you don't know what a car is worth when you're going in to purchase it, you're just not doing your homework correctly. So the competition it gets very, very narrow on, on what a new car dealer is able to sell a new car for. But when you get a used car, there is only one three-year-old Fuchimanoli with X number thousand miles right. on it with this 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 mileage or or whatever, and so that mm-hmm. that uh, that value is not set. It's it's kind of dartboarded, but
0: you can go ahead and make a lot more money on it that way.
1: Um, and, and you can't blame them because they don't have it. They don't have the new car inventories.
0: So. Yeah, no, it's true. They don't have it anywhere. And you know, of course, like I'm as big a fan of the market as as can be. If you if you, people will pay it, uh, you should charge it. That, that's what you should be doing. Um, let me let me turn sure. a little bit to um, to the oncoming electrification of of uh, the cars oh, yeah. that are coming to America. I mean, I I know uh, all these car companies are basically saying this is it. This is kind of the last hurrah for the combustion engine. We're all going to be going uh, electric. I mean, a a large majority uh, of these companies are saying this is going to happen by 2025 or 2030. Uh, You know, um, I mean, is this is this really going to happen? Are people really going to give up their combustion engines? I mean, Americans love their cars.
1: Yeah, they do. Uh, They they love them a lot. They keep them a lot longer than they have ever uh, kept them the The situation is more of of a parent force feeding a child its spinach hmm. than it is uh, demand. You know, if if you take a look at electric vehicle demand ten years ago, it was about two percent of the market, uh, and there wasn't much product in in uh, in the stream available for people to buy. Now. You've got a whole bunch of people who were out there. Ten years later, after ten years worth of people bounding the drum saying well, you gotta buy an EV, you gotta you need an EV, the market penetration has grown all the way to about two point seven percent. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's an incredibly small number. So you still have ninety seven percent of the market that's out there saying no, you know what? I like burning dead dinosaurs. I'm okay with dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, and and, uh, and and you've got, particularly in this administration, a group of people who are saying, we must have EVs, we must have this to take care of this climate change thing. And people haven't bought into it the way, the way that they would like them to. So the mandates are coming out for the manufacturers to build these cars. Nobody's made a dime on one yet. Uh, for if, if people always say, "Oh my God, look at the valuation of Tesla right now." And they say, "Yeah, well, give me a call when they make their first buck on a car. <laughs> they haven't made they haven't made it yet." And there's no manufacturer out there that's making money on electric vehicles it's being force fed by the government this is something that they really want them to do and, and it's to this uh, greater glory and good of of, uh, of the climate and if if you look at cars and the radical radical changes that we have made over the years in making them so much cleaner than they were before you could, you get into infinitesimally small uh, increases or decreases in emissions because most of the heavy lifting has already been done. So uh, th- th- there's a lot of storm and drag, if I can uh, use that term to get people to, to buy EVs, but they got to motivate the seller. And so far the uh, motivates buyer rather. And so far the buyer is not buying into it at the level that they expect five years from now. You know, to think of what it takes to turn a market one or two points. Yeah, And now they're talking about taking an industry, uh, and hopefully we're going to see, last year we sold about 13 million cars, this year we'll do about 15.5, the year after that about 16.5 uh, are the projections. To move that many people off of internal combustion engines into EVs is a monumental task. Uh, and then on top of that, you've got the other the other problem too is that you can't plug these electric cars into little beanies with propellers on top. We have to have, we, you know, these people who proudly go around with uh, zero emissions bumper stickers on their cars. Well, wait a minute here—they they, they really aren't. No. Uh, and in in order to make the power to charge the battery. You've got to have coal,
0: gas, nuke. Yeah. I, they don't, they don't, does not run on little elves in your wall on a hamster wheel, which no. is what I used to think happened, but apparently. And I've you're... got a couple, I've got a couple right back here. Oh, okay. I have two elves here. Okay, good. So they do exist. I mean, they're just not everywhere yet. Um, let me be one, yes. one, one more, Paul, before we go, because I've got about 40 seconds here, sure. but. Um, the, the movement of where the car industry is going, we know it's going to electric cars, seemingly more and more. These even companies like General Motors are saying they're going there, um, and they're adding yeah. all these features, these self-driving features, these you know these warning lights every time you, you 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 turn you know one inch off of the very center of the road. I mean, I just feel like that's not the driving experience that I want. I, how do you feel about that? No. Well,
1: uh, I, I call this the nanification of the automobile. Yeah. there There are all kinds of warning systems on there. If you change lanes, it's going to beep at you. It's going to tell you if you're if there's somebody in your rear quarter, which actually is a nice thing. Mm-hmm. but they, but I think they've gone a bridge too far with this. and uh, the the interface that's in there is that uh, is so complicated. This is why you need so many chips. Uh, to take care of those. So I, I just hate seeing all of that stuff because it takes away the response. Uh, to become part of the safety equation. Yeah. And i just joking. Piece, so
0: I'll put this here. That's okay. <laughs> Those things fall out of my ears every ten seconds. Uh, Paul Bryant, Emmy award-winning automotive expert, co-host of His Turn, Her Turn. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, come on, Paul. And uh, I would love to see this get cleared up uh, because it really does feel like it's it's weighing on the country and it's it's doing a, a number on our economy. Paul, thanks so much for doing the show. I appreciate it. Trying to buy or sell a home in these times? Oh, it's a lot of fun. And we were just talking about the car market. Uh, The housing market is another crazy one. You better have a real estate agent that you can trust. Someone who is on your side, fighting for your side of the transaction. One of the things I learned very early on in life is you don't want to just go to the website and like you find a house and you think to yourself, I'm just going to get that agent, their pictures at the bottom. Well, they're usually representing the seller. Um, You should have someone representing you, too. I think that's important, having a buyer's agent. But it doesn't matter. Whatever way you go here, you want to make sure you have the best agent possible. And the way you can find that person is at realestateagentsitrust.com. realestateagentsitrust.com. It's a company Glenn started a bunch of years ago to make sure... They can screen through these agents for you, find the best ones in your area, and then you can start with some information on your side, which is really important. Realestateagentsitrust.com. It's like searching out for the lemons uh, in, the, uh, in the real estate agent market, getting rid of them, keeping the good ones. Realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. So... Um, Joe Biden is going to uh, announce the purchase of 500 million additional COVID-19 tests. Now, the, the way they, one of the things that's been interesting about the whole testing thing from the beginning, is that these tests have been available all around the world. I mean, we're way, way behind in in rapid tests. Uh, if you're another another country, you can pick them up for you know you know a buck a piece and kind of test every day. A lot of businesses are just doing that. Hey. When you're at home, wake up in the morning, test. If it if it's positive, come on. If it's not positive, come on in. If it is positive, just stay home. And so, you know, you don't mind blowing through tests when they're really cheap. Uh, here, they're 15, 20 bucks a pop and hard to get. Uh, that's been a lot of uh, government bureaucracy that has led to that. The solution to that government bureaucracy is obviously more government bureaucracy with the government now buying all of them and I guess distributing them. I, I don't know how this is going to work. It would be much better if we just allowed people to go ahead and approve a bunch of tests so that people can have competition and we can kind of see this all play its way through. Uh, instead, Biden is going to buy 500 million of them, which, again, if you're, if you're testing regularly is... Not a lot. I mean, there's 330 million people here, so people are going to blow through 500 million tests pretty quickly. It would be better to have a long term answer to this uh, problem, but it does not seem like that is coming from this administration. And big news breaking today from the Supreme Court where they went through and announced some of the decisions on the vaccine mandate stuff. Now, there's two big ones to kind of refresh your memory. Uh, There was one that basically said, hey, Any private business with 100 more employees has to have a vaccine mandate or they have to test weekly and have their employees wear masks or make them work at home. Um, So that was the one way uh, that was the kind of the big one, the the big ticket item when it comes to vaccine mandates. Never did I think that the federal government had a chance to win that case and they did wind up losing it. Um, Not a huge surprise there uh, that they lost that one. Uh, But thankfully, that actually did happen. So. Uh, the case that we've been talking about for a while whether if you're a private business, you're going to have to institute a vaccine mandate on your employees, seems like at this point it's not going to go anywhere, and that is a positive. Now, there was another vaccine mandate, a little bit more narrow. I think this one would, it was still millions of people affected by it. But the concept was for health uh, care workers that uh, worked in facilities that received money from the government. Can we do a vaccine mandate there? There, we had a 5-4 ruling of, yes, you can do that there. Um, Now, 5-4, as you know, this hardcore conservative right wing court somehow once again split 5-4 with the liberals. Now, when I've been saying this for a while. You've got to stop saying John Roberts goes with the liberals because he usually does. Now, he was, I believe, on the right. Yes, he was on the right side of the um, private uh, vaccine mandate uh, case, but on the wrong side, as you might expect, on the health care one. Uh, joining him, however, and this is probably the biggest news of the day, was Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, now, Kavanaugh, as you remember, uh, if you've if you uh, been watching this program since the beginning, I've had real doubts about Kavanaugh. Uh, you know, it's one thing for Kavanaugh to be slandered uh, with false allegations of rape. That shouldn't happen. It's another thing to say, is he qualified to be a Supreme Court justice? Yeah, he definitely is. But is he the conservative that you want on the Supreme Court? And I think today uh, really points in the direction of maybe he's not gonna live up to those high expectations some people had of him. We'll see how this plays out. I mean, this is not a good one, though. It's not unless you're Clarence Thomas, everybody has a bad one. So we don't toss him completely out here. But it's it's disappointing to see him on the wrong side of this one. But the big headline of the day, I think, is that Joe Biden once again failing with his big ticket item, a vaccine mandate on all private employers. So if you're a private employer and you didn't want to have nine million pages of paperwork and assaulting your uh, your workers for their medical records, celebrate. It's a good day for you. So, as we get into January, a lot of people make that New Year's resolution. I'd like to be, you know, less fat. Well, Built Bar is here to save the day. Uh, because with Built Bar, you can actually get, uh, you know, maybe a little, uh, take some pounds off, look a little more trim around the waistline, and eat things like mint brownies. And double chocolate bars and salted caramel bars and cookies and cream bars. They've got the best flavors out there, and they're delicious. This is not like a normal protein bar that tastes like, you know, sawdust and chemicals. This is 18 grams of protein, 180 calories or less, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and 4 to 5 net carbs. This is a delicious bar that you can satisfy your sweet tooth and still be healthy. How do you get them? Built.com. B-U-I-L-T. Built.com. Use the promo code Stu15. You'll save 15% off your first order. Just use that promo code Stu15. Save yourself 15% off at Built.com. It's Built.com. Promo code Stu15. Question. What number of stars is best? The answer? Five stars. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. When doing a review on a podcast platform like, for example, Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the program. Uh, You can do it like this person did. Is five stars the appropriate number of stars? Why, yes, it is. This stupid little show is a great combo of news, entertainment, sarcasm, and wit. Stu succeeds in literally making me LOL on a regular basis, which in these times is quite the achievement. Anywho, whatever. Enjoy this stupid little show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Please make sure to rate and review as often as you can. Make like 57 other accounts up and just keep rating and reviewing. I don't know if you're not supposed to do that. I don't care if you do it, though. Um, YouTube is another place you can go, by the way. Uh, Subscribe there. YouTube, you can click the little bell. Make me feel good. Get some uh, alerts when we post the shows every day. All the shows are available there. And you can comment during the show live. Uh, This thread went down on YouTube. Stu is a national treasure. There should be more uh, a movie about him, uh, about someone trying to steal him. Starring Nicolas Cage, one of the few conservative shows that makes the negative sound positive. And Glenn's role simply would be responding, meh, when told that Stu was gone. You think he'd even bother responding? I kind of feel like he wouldn't. Uh, Ryland writes, I stopped watching the NFL because of their support of BLM. It sucked because Joe Burrow came into the league. And even as a Steelers fan, I'm a fan of Burrow as I used to be his football coach. He's the only NFL thing I follow these days. Joe Burrow's football coach has abandoned the NFL, at least according to my YouTube comments. And Jimmy writes, I don't think this administration could care less about approval ratings. It seems obvious that our wishes are, and well-being are not their concern or motivation. Doesn't that feel so incredibly true? So true. It just seems at times it seems like their own well-being doesn't seem like their motivation either. Uh, by the way, you can subscribe to Blaze TV. We do appreciate it when you do. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. Promo code is Stu. Uh, and you go there. Use that promo code. That's how they know you like this stupid show. So it's super important when you subscribe to go to blazetv.com slash stew. And one other little message for you. Glenn's book is out in bookstores now. You can go to uh, glenbeckbook.com. I believe it is glennbeckbook.com. Check it out there. It's called The Great Reset. It's the number one book on Amazon, the number one book on Kindle. Don't miss it. You know twitter gets a lot of blame for making sort of the the intellect of this country go down a few hundred notches or so but i will say uh compared to tiktok twitter is like the economist this is a uh, tiktok is a, i don't know I, I i don't find all that much value a tiktok however some people obviously do charlie d'amelio who is the number one TikTok uh, star, I guess, in the world. $17.5 million last year. Uh, That is more than ExxonMobil's CEO, Starbucks' CEO, Delta's CEO, uh, McDonald's CEO. That's pretty incredible. I don't know what she does. She apparently dances. Uh, And then the second highest earner on TikTok is her sister. How much D'Amelio do you people need? I don't understand it. Uh, So anyway, that's your... uh, that's your update today on, uh, on the world going insane, although not every story tells that, uh, that arc. It's not always the insane America arc. Sometimes it goes from insanity to sanity. Like, for example, in the case of CNN, CNN and their scandal-ridden organization has had a drop-off in the ratings of just a tad 90%. Just, just the 90%, though, not 95%. I mean, if they it, maybe they need to get more liberal, and then they can get everyone to go away. Ninety uh, percent drop in ratings. Now, of course, to be fair, a year ago was in the aftermath of January sixth, and like it, ratings were high then, but their ratings drop off is much higher than the other uh, cable news networks, uh, and it's not a shock, honestly. Um, plus, uh, Chris Cuomo is uh, is the worst. I mean, he's just the worst, and he's gone now. A very sad, sad ending. Uh, to a very terrible, terrible story. Uh, you can go to StuDoesMerch.com to get all the merch for the program, including, if you don't like Joe Biden, I understand that, but you know who does? The Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. That's right, TalibanJoeMerch.com. Uh, he won the person of the year uh, from the Taliban. And uh, go to TalibanJoeMerch.com and pick yours up.